Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Should I open your Bibles real quickly um, to Second Timothy? And uh, we're going to just uh, we're going to uh, I'm going to have a look at a couple of quick things here in these in these uh, two verses that Paul wrote to Timothy. And then uh, what we're going to do uh, following this, I'm just going to speak for a couple of minutes. And then what we're going to do following this is uh, we're going to do um, what the Bible talks about. All throughout the Bible, it talks about the importance of laying on of hands, as churchy as that sounds. Um, but it really means when somebody, a, a, a pastor or an elder within the church actually prays for you, but they don't pray, they actually put their hand on you and it's symbolic of an impartation. And uh, what we're going to do also, um, and for many of you that perhaps are not familiar um, with it, um, the Bible talks a lot about, in the Old Testament, it talked about it and unwrapped it more in, Gen- in Exodus 30, but it talks about the anointing oil. And the anointing oil was something that was so powerful and it was, so, it was strategic that God um, spoke to Moses and said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to put together this oil that actually had five very strategic, very specific ingredients that made up this anointing oil. And what we're going to do this morning is when we pray, we're actually going to, you know, we're just using just regular, a little bit of whatever oil we have. Um, and it's not that the oil is is um, powerful in itself. Uh, we don't worship the oil. You know, it's it's not fairy dust that we're sprinkling. It's um, basically what we're doing is it's it's symbolic of what we believe and declare in the spirit on a deeper level that is happening. That when there is that when we anoint you with oil. Um, that there is an impartation happening, that there is a stirring that is happening for those of you that have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and, and, and received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that that Spirit is within you, that our prayer is that when we pray for you, that what is in within you would be stirred up. Um, because how many know that that's what we are called to as Christians? We are called to have something within us that is so stirred up that it doesn't remain within us, that it comes out of us. That when people get around us, they get a sense that there is something different. See, one of the interpretations for what it means to be anointed, it means to be separated. It means to be different that when we anoint maybe you've come in here this morning and maybe you're maybe you're not you wouldn't call yourself a church person that's all right you can we say this here at free chapel that you belong before you believe that you may not even believe but we don't wait for you to believe before you belong you belong we're going to love you we're going to value you we're going to honor you whether you believe or not but that's something when we pray and anoint you in this in these next few moments that something would be stirred up within you. And 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 in this verse, in two verses in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6 and 7, Paul writes these few little verses to Timothy. Paul was 
Paul was coaching Timothy. Timothy was a bit younger. Paul was a little bit older. Paul had been through some stuff. And he's saying to Timothy in in this encouragement, we talked about Paul last week, but he says, therefore, I remind you to stir up. Say that. Say stir up. Come on, say it like you've had an espresso already. Say stir up. He says, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you. Through the laying on of hands. He says, stir up what God has put inside of you. He says, don't let it remain dormant. Don't think what is in you is nothing. Don't devalue what is in you and what God has given you by comparing it to what God has given somebody else. You need to value what God has given you and actually stir it up so that what's in you will start to flow out of you because there's a purpose on your life to affect change everywhere you go. Say, stir it up. We have a two-month-old, a two-month-old, Lord Jesus. We have a two-year-old and a eight-month-old. Don't judge me. It's confusing trying to keep up with it all. Uh, our son, many of you have been, been praying, but he's, uh, he's doing much better. Um, and, uh, but this week, he, he's been battling uh, pneumonia, <clears throat> and he's been a little bit sick. But one of the things that Luca um, loves, I talked the other week about his fascination for trucks. Um, the other fascination Luca has is chocolate milk. And what Luca will do is he'll come down and, and uh, you know, at two, your words are um, a little bit scattered. He'll come down, he'll point to the fridge and say something that sort of resembles but doesn't really, the words chocolate milk. And, and I remember recently I went to the fridge to get him his chocolate milk and, and, uh, and I opened the fridge and to my utter dismay, I realized that we are out of chocolate milk. Now, if you're dealing with an adult, that's not a big deal. When you're dealing with a two-year-old... It's about to be a very difficult next few moments of your life. As I stood there looking at the fridge thinking, dear Lord Jesus, and I look at Luca, I'm like, Luca, we don't have chocolate milk. Now, of course, he has no idea what I'm talking about. So as I'm looking at him, looking at the fridge, suddenly I had this incredibly creative idea. Because I remembered that while we might not have chocolate milk, we do have chocolate syrup in the pantry. Come on, somebody. Creative genius that I am. And regular milk in the fridge. So I thought to myself, if I get the regular milk and I put the chocolate syrup, come on, you know what I'm talking, and I put it in the regular milk, I have now chocolate milk. I'm incredibly, incredibly intelligent. And so this is what I did. I got his little cup and I I put milk in it and, and I added the chocolate syrup. And then I put the lid on the cup and then I gave it to him. I was so proud of myself. I thought, I've made it. I've just convinced my son that we have chocolate milk. He's happy. I'm happy. Everything's good. Until he took it and took one sip of it and then just looked back at me like as if to say, are you kidding? I've never seen a two-year-old look more disgusted in all my born days. I said, I looked at him and I said, what's the problem? And he just handed it back to me like, I don't want this. This is not what I asked for. And I'm like, you are two. What are we talking about here? It's syrup. And it's milk. So I took his sippy cup and I'm looking at it. Then suddenly as I'm looking at it, it clicked. When I saw the bottom of the cup, there was all this syrup. And the rest of the cup was regular milk. 
I had the right ingredients, but the wrong action. So all I had to do, everything was in there. The potential to create chocolate milk was sitting in there laying dormant. But I had to take that bad boy and shake it up a little bit before I was able to give it to my son. That It's a little picture, but it's a picture for us of where so many of us are at. That within you, what God has put within you is everything that you need in order to do what God has called you to do. But you need the Holy Spirit to come within your life and shake things up a little bit so that you can go out there and be what God has called you to be. And it's empowered by the Spirit of God. And Paul says to Timothy, he says, you've got to stir it up. That so many of you have amazing gifting and amazing potential and amazing anointing that's upon your life. That when we anoint you, one of the things I'm praying, we've got to be careful not to get in this mindset. Like this is some magical potion that's about to be touched on your head and then something's going to come upon you. No, what I'm praying is that when the Holy Spirit, as we pray and speak the Holy Spirit over you, that there would be a stirring up of what God has already put inside of you. That for so many of us nowadays, I see so many, so many people devalue what God has given them just because they look at and they compare it to somebody else thinking that someone else's gifting is greater than theirs. And you sideline yourself, your own potential, your own gifting, your own anointing and miss what God has called you to do. We live in a society now that is so obsessed with comparison. You start feeling good about yourself and the moment you do, you'll jump on social media and you'll see a photo of someone else and you look at them and based on that little highlight reel of their life, you start thinking that they don't have any issues, they don't have any problems, they got 3% body fat and more money than you. How many know it's a lie? The reality is they have lots of issues, know how to use Photoshop and just have a credit card. And if you recognize the reality of what is really going on, you will start feeling better about who you are and say, you know what? I got some good things in my life. I got some potential. I got some anointing and I've got some gifting because God gave it to me. We've got to, we've got to remember, we've got to remind ourselves to stir up the gift of God. That's what church needs to be that when you get in church on a Sunday, that's why we do get passionate and we do get excited and we do get fired up because it's when we get around, it's good to get around people that know what it is to stir up what is within you. That there is an anointing, that there is a purpose, that there is a destiny that's upon your life. That God has, the word of God says that the steps of a righteous man, they are ordered by the Lord. That God has ordered your steps for you to be wherever you're going to go to tomorrow. You need to know and believe and declare that you didn't just happen upon that job by accident. Your steps were ordered to that job on purpose and you've got a destiny and there's something God wants you to do tomorrow. And you're not going to be able to do it without the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Don't look down upon that job. You may be flipping burgers. You may be doing something that you perhaps don't even enjoy. But if you would value it and say, you know what? Maybe this is a season. Maybe I wish it was different. But the fact that God has got me here right now, I'm going to get out of this thing every single thing that God has called me to get out of it and be the difference that God has called me to be. Why don't you give Him praise if you believe in the purpose and the anointing and the destiny that's upon your life. Don't look down on that thing. It's powerful. I'll never forget, and I've shared this before. I'll never forget meeting Dan Cathy, the, the owner of, of Chick-fil-A. And I remember we sat down and, and we were talking and he said something to me. He said, Ben, you're a preacher and you preach from a pulpit. He said, I always wanted to be a preacher. He's worth, I think, $6 billion, something crazy like that. And he sits down with me at lunch and he said, I always wanted to be a preacher. And he said, God spoke to me one day and he says, I have called you to be a preacher and I've given you a pulpit. And Dan Cathy said, I was confused. And I said to God, I don't preach and I don't have a pulpit. He said, yes, you do. Your pulpit is that Chick-fil-A counter. And every time someone comes up to that pulpit, you have an opportunity to share the love of Jesus Christ. You might not be opening a Bible and preaching sermons, but you get to love them and you get to speak life over them and you get to encourage them and you get to serve them because that is the heart of God. That how do we see a revival in a community? It's not when there's more preachers running around trying to preach at people. Listen, we don't need more preachers. There are plenty of great, phenomenal preachers around the world. What we need is people that understand what God has called them to do. That tomorrow you're going to walk into that workplace and there's going to be people in front of you. And what God desperately needs you to do is to love them and to show them who Jesus is through your life. Paul says it to, to Timothy. He says, stir it up. I wish some of you would wake up tomorrow morning stirred up about your job. Stirred up about what God has called you to do. I dare you to wake up tomorrow morning and if you put on a uniform, put on that little uniform and look at yourself in the mirror and say, you're about to do something great today. You're about to turn someone's life around today. You're about to make a difference today. You're about to speak life today. You're about to speak truth today. You're a carrier of the presence of God. I dare you tomorrow morning to stir up that gifting and that potential and what God has put in you so it doesn't remain in in you so that it would flow out of you. Say, stir it up. He says it to him. He says, stir up that gift that's in you. We have to understand that if we want to be what God has called us to be, if we want to do what God has called us to do, we have to be people that carry the Holy Spirit upon our lives. Too often we hear preaching on the Holy Spirit like it's some airy, fairy little little ghost that's going to come down and float upon me like a little dove on my shoulder. No, no, no. You've got to understand the Holy Spirit. It's a person. There's relationship. You've got to understand it's the Holy Spirit that's going to speak to you. That's going to tell you what to say. The Bible says he's the comforter. He's the counselor. The Holy Spirit will come. You do what you can and let the Holy Spirit do what you can't. When you've got to love that person that you don't feel like loving and every ounce of your being wants to slap them on the side of their head, it'll be the Holy Spirit that'll grab that hand and pin it to your side and allow you to smile and give you that ability to love people. We've got to understand what it is to have the Holy Spirit come upon our lives to stir us up, but to also give us 
what we need to do what God has called us to do. It's, it's the Holy Spirit that it, it, it sets things apart. It's, it's the anointing that, the, the anointing is what makes a difference. And we, we, it's not, it's not, we got good, good music is amazing. I love good music. I love great music. But when, when there's something, when there's a touch, when there's an anointing upon it, This great story in, in Ezekiel 37, where Ezekiel, the prophet, gets a vision from God about how God's going to restore the people. And it's a vision that happens. It gives him a vision of a valley of dry bones. And he says, I'm going to restore the people. And he gives him this picture, this metaphor of dry bones and how he's going to do it. And there's a process in it. And he begins to tell him. And if you know the story, you know what I'm talking about. He says, first, I'm going to bring sinews or tendons on these dry bones. I'm going to pull it all together. Then I'm going to give it flesh. I'm going to thicken it. I'm going to, then I'm going to cover it in skin. But then the last thing he says, he says, I'm going to breathe upon it. That word uh, breath, it means, it, the, the word is roach, which means the, the spirit of God. So he says, I'm going to do, we're going to do everything in the natural. Now, I'm not throwing natural out. Some people are saying, well, I want God to bless me. I want God to bless me. But you don't save. You've got to do what you can do and God will come and do what you can't do. But if you're not going to be diligent, God cannot bless your business if you're not diligent. But if you are diligent, the Bible says the hand of the diligent will rule. If you are diligent in your business and you do everything you can do and you be faithful with that business, but then you pray at the end of the day and say, God, I've now done everything I can do. I need you to now come and do what I cannot do. And would you touch it with your spirit? Would you touch it with your presence? And God will come and you'll see something supernatural happen through it. But it will not happen apart from the Holy Spirit. That, that, that if we could position ourselves, one of the ingredients, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna finish. And and it's so powerful. You can you can look through this, but there's five ingredients. There's five ingredients that that were instructed by God to Moses uh, uh, surrounding this what this anointing oil need to be made up of. And one of the ingredients is myrrh, and the Bible says that they would take myrrh, and the way that they would get myrrh is they would have to break. It came from a tree. It in fact comes from, they, they say, a very rough, thorny tree. It's not a pretty, it's not like a pretty nice tree. It's a rough, thorny tree found in, in, in rough places, dry places. And they would break it open. And when it would break open, the, 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 the myrrh that is within it, which is a tree sap, would flow out. And what, what, what that is powerful of is it's a powerful picture for us of what I believe the anointing is so attracted to is that brokenness within our heart. That, that openness that says, God, I, I cannot do it on my own. Then maybe you're here this morning and may, maybe, listen, we're talking about the fast and finishing the fast and we're going to go and eat more food than you can imagine. But maybe you screwed up on the fast. Come on, maybe, 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 maybe your spouse didn't even know, but you bust open it at midnight and snuck down and snuck yourself a cheeseburger when she wasn't looking. Maybe you messed up. 
It's not the fact that you fasted that earns your right to carry the anointing. It's a broken heart and a broken spirit that says, God, I need the anointing upon my life, whether I did the fast well or didn't. Because for those of you that did do the fast well and did, and and that's amazing and it's great and it's awesome, don't think that your works through doing the fast somehow positioned you to a better place. It's your humbleness and humility before God that positions you, not your works. That's why Zechariah said, it's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. God's going to anoint some of you to forgive people. Where there's issues and challenges in your life, I believe the Holy Spirit will come and there'll be an anointing upon you to forgive people in your life that you've been holding bitterness and grudges against for a long, long time. God's going to anoint some of you with a grace. Some of you are walking through a season right now. You barely made it here to church tonight. But I believe that when the power of God and we anoint you, there's going to be a grace that's going to come upon you that'll give you such a sense of the peace of God that your circumstance may not change in the next 10 minutes. But you're going to walk out of here carrying such a peace that your circumstance cannot stop, cannot rob and cannot hold back in your life. That's what the anointing will do. So right across this room, we're going to pray and then our ushers are going to direct people. Lord, we thank you for your touch. I thank you for your presence. Lord, that's in this room right now. God, we make ourselves available. We're available, Lord. We can't do it on our own. Can't be what you've called us to be. We can't do what you've called us to do. We humble ourselves before you and we ask that you would come by your presence, that you would touch, you would anoint and you would empower this morning. We stir it up now in Jesus Christ's name and we declare it in your mighty, mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.